Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We got a real cool guest sitting on the other side of our screen, down south. Woo! Although, like Mark pointed out to him, his background, um, his background Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> yeah, definitely looks like he's in San Francisco. He is not. Uh, hey, everyone. It's Amanda. This is the second recording we're doing today over Zoom with our American friends. We spoke to a couple earlier from Florida. Hi, Kelly. Hi, guys. And now we've got Devin, who's in Alabama. Hi, He's Cody. a licensed massage therapist, both in Alabama and Mississippi, which I just learned are neighboring states because you all know how my geography is not that great. Oh, look, now he's, what, camping in the woods? These yes. backgrounds trip me out. Anyway, uh, Devin reached out to us actually looking for advice, but you know how we do. You reach out to us looking for advice. We're like, cool, we're happy to talk this out with you, but let's talk it out <laughs> on a recording. So uh, thankfully, he was a good sport about move. it. That's your move. That's not my move. That's your oh, move. Oh, you totally do that too. I've seen you do that. Mode. Don't even. So Devin reached out to us because him and his wife actually decided recently to go back to school for massage therapy together. They both really like the profession, but what they're noticing what? is that wifey is easily getting booked up with appointments whereas Devin although oh boy he feels like technically he's you know on par I, I mean maybe better who knows he wouldn't say that because that's not a smart thing to say about your wife but technically and I'm not gonna get beat up yeah no you don't do that yeah good move good he's a smart man uh so he's you know technically their skills are on par they studied together um professionally he feels like you know he does everything the way he's supposed to the same way she does but what he's noticing is that people are always much more inclined to book with her than him and mm. he feels this is a male female issue and wanted some advice on how to be a male massage therapist and how he could potentially increase the number of clients booking with him because at the end of the day we all have bills to pay and you know that's great that your wife's getting busy but mm. needs to be both of you right absolutely before we get this going what's a good southern breakfast um i would say honestly uh, Waffle House. I like Waffle House. Yeah, I like Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's all I need to I know. actually made waffles for the first time in a long time yesterday. My kids were so excited. I actually busted out the waffle maker and we had waffles on the Sunday morning. Sweet. It was great. Anyway, so Devin, for everybody listening, before we get into your discussion about being a male therapist, um, you want to introduce yourself for everybody, a little background, what you were doing before massage. Excuse me. Apparently, I'm choking. What you were doing before massage therapy, um, how you and your wife decided that you were going to, going to go back to school together, and why this was your chosen profession, and then a little bit about the practice you guys have going on right now. So, before we got into massage therapy, um, I was working in like behavioral health. I was like a, uh, I was working under the direction of like a board certified behavior analyst mm -hmm. and um, working with uh, children with autism. Okay. And I was planning on going to school. I was actually literally getting ready to sign up to get my master's degree to be a behavior analyst. And I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, I don't want to go back to school for, you know, two years, whatever. Right. And I pay for it. And my wife had already brought up the fact that she thought about massage therapy she works in the medical field. She's a respiratory therapist, but she wanted to do something different. And at first I was like, I don't want to do that. I was, I don't want to touch people. <laughs> and she was like, okay. She is like, but you touch people every day. She's like, what about your patients? Like when you have to, you know, 
physically restrain them or whatever, you know? And I'm like, well, you got a good point. She's like, would you rather get potentially assaulted by your patients or would you rather just make somebody possibly feel good? And I was like, well, she kind of got a point here. And uh, I was like, I'm tired of getting, you know, almost like beat up every day too. Right. I was like, well, I was like, Hey, I was like, she's had other great ideas. Let's try it. We don't have any kids. So why not? What are some of her other great ideas? Just out of curiosity before we get into this one. Um, Saying yes to me when I asked her to marry me. <laughs> ding, Good ding. answer. You win the prize. Good answer on that. So I, I like this, how it starts out with basically, a, you know, massage was not on your radar. This was a what the hell kind of decision because your wife decided she wanted to do it. Um, when you guys actually got it, like, actually, sorry, let me rewind. It's such a good move in the States, though. It is a good because move. School because school is it's not short. It's not long. Yeah. It's not crazy expensive. And then you can have a kick-ass career out of it. And I'm surprised that maybe there are a ton, but I, I would... I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people just did it as a side hustle. Do you know what I mean? Because you go to school for you however can, yeah. long and then it doesn't cost a crazy amount of money and then you can work whenever you want, whenever you don't want. And If that was here, if the school was shorter here and cheaper here, I'd imagine it'd be full. It'd oh be yeah, full. for sure. Well, I mean, like as Devin was saying this, he's like, ah, we don't have any kids, whatever. Like she's had good ideas. So it really was like a what the hell kind of moment yeah. because you don't feel like you're risking that much, right? Like if it doesn't really work out, you could probably still pursue the master's degree or something mm -hmm. else down the line if you realize, ah, okay, this wasn't for me. But before actually signing up for school, Devin, since it wasn't really on your Was radar, how much looking into this type of work how much did you actually research how much did you already know had you been a patient of massage before like what did you know before actually starting school as far as massage honestly i really didn't know i would say really anything like the last like professional massage i had gotten up until we started school was like two years prior mm. and i'd only had that one and never known a massage therapist or anything like that it was all brand new to me. And my, like I said, my wife came to me with the idea and I was like, okay, you know, let's go for it. Um, I earned a bachelor's degree in business. And I worked in like the corporate type setting and like retail, before, you know, prior to all this. And I was like, I know I'm not a corporate guy. I don't want to wear a suit and tie. I don't want to sit behind a desk. So that was part of it, like in the far part of my, like back of my head. Yeah. But honestly, I just, I didn't know anything. And I just kind of dove into it with my wife. I was like, let's just see what happens. And did you guys study in Alabama or Mississippi? Alabama. Okay. And what's the schooling like there? How many hours is a is a massage program in Alabama? I believe our program was 700 hours, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So like you start, was it full time? Like what yeah. month did you How start? When did you, you finish? 700 hours. So um, as long as our clinics would go on time, because it's sometimes we wouldn't get our all our spots because we only had a limited number of spots for clinics. Right. But it's supposed to take nine months um, from start to finish. So we started in January of 22 and we ended up finishing, uh, I think it was like November. So it was a, just a few months off. Not a bad gig. Yeah, that's pretty good. While you guys were in school, were you both still like working your regular jobs? Yeah. Yes. Um, so my wife, she works in a hospital setting. She's a, like I said, respiratory therapist. She's all, all used to working, you know, 12 hour shifts and night shift. And that's what she was doing. She continued doing it. But for me, for me to go to massage school, I was working during the day and I was like, well, I can't go to school 
uh, during the day if I'm at my current job. So I took a job at the hospital that she works at, working uh, nights also, just as like a registration person. I would work at night and go to school during the day. When did you guys sleep? They didn't. We slept uh, <laughs> when school finished. We slept when school finished. Right, yeah, yeah, good answer. Exactly. It's the way good answer. So when you're in massage school, it's new to you. Massage is new. What did you think of it? Did you find it hard? Did you find it easy? Was it what you expected massage education to be um, like? I will say I don't, I guess I didn't realize how fast paced it was going to be. Right. I mean, I, guess I should have thought about, hey, it's only a nine month program. You know, we're going to school Monday through Thursday. It was like eight to four. And then every other Friday or something like that for clinics from like eight to two. And so I, I guess I really didn't think about that part, mm -hmm. um, but it was a lot more fast paced than I thought that it was going to be. Um, I will say that. And also I have a physical disability too. So I have a mild form of cerebral palsy. Mm. I did have to learn to adapt. Um, like when it came to doing like deep tissue and stuff like that. Um, so that was a learning curve for me. But other than that, I mean, I, I pushed through, you know, with my wife just fine besides being completely exhausted from work. Yeah, I can imagine how exhausting it was and completely new to you. But while you guys were in school for those nine months, and I assume that, you know, you'd study together and whatever, like you were doing this Why together. Do you assume that? Well, yes. I mean, if you're both going home and studying for the same test, probably they'd study together. Maybe not. Maybe would they want wanna, to be totally would separate. Would you want to study with me? Not even a little bit. Exactly. So, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Not everybody's <laughs> like us. You just assume that they'd study together. Okay. Uh, maybe you studied in the same vicinity, <laughs> but separately. Wait a second. Why wouldn't you want to study with me? Um, because you work a, a lot faster than I do. Mm. I read faster than you do, but when you're going through stuff, like stuff seems to stick for you a lot quicker. I need a little more repetition. So mm. I might get through a page of reading in like, you know, like half the time that you would, but you would finish reading <laughs> that page and be like, I'm going to move on. Whereas I'm like, I'm going to read it again. We just, we study differently. Gotcha. So probably not great, but we'd be good to like test each other and stuff. Do you like test? Like I, when I'm studying, I don't, I don't. I don't like to test myself. I don't do it. Uh, when I was studying for my licensing exam, um, so here in Ontario, Devin, it's the the OSCE. Like when I was studying for that, I actually liked having somebody there that could like give me a scenario and I could just do it because I, th I felt like if when I was coming up with my own scenarios, I could easily pick stuff that I already know. Mm. Whereas if you're like, so I did like when we were at, I don't know if you remember this, it was so long, it was Probably like 15 not. years ago, but you would give me like quick little stems. Like you'd give me an assessment stem, you'd give me a treatment stem that I could just do. And we had one of our friends come over and be the body okay. and that I mean, you weren't actually watching me do it because mm -hmm. it's not like you cared to mark me. You're not teaching me, yeah, but God, no. you would give me stems that I could practice with. That way, I was actually getting I stuff that, that I didn't think of. Yeah, you did that a lot for I me. Believe I believe it. Sounds studying. like something I would do. I yeah. just don't remember it. It was I very, it. it was very helpful. But what I was going to ask Devin is, once you guys actually started really getting into it, um, did you love it and she hated it? Did she love it and you hated it? Did you both love it? Were you both like, shit, we made a mistake? Like, not just the intensity of the work, but once you actually started touching people, because that was a concern yeah. for you, did you think like, oh, I actually enjoy doing this work or I'm really good at this? Like, where were both of you in that sense? My wife, um, at first, I remember like the first day, our instructor, uh, I think he's been teaching for, I don't know, like five years or something, but he's been in the field for like 20. He was like, all right, everybody, let's get on the table. It was like the first day. He was just wanting to, I guess, 
I don't know. I think we had some other students or something come in and they were just going to work on us. Mm-hmm. And my wife literally had like a whole breakdown in front of the class and was like, I'm not getting on the table. I'm not getting on the table. And I was like, Whoa. what? What's going on? And she was like, I can't do it. She's like, not today. I was like, okay. Well, me, I, I jumped on the table. I was like, all right, let's go. I was like, somebody give me a massage, you know, mm-hmm. let's go. And that's like the best part of massage school. When it came time for me to work on somebody, I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. I was like, I was like, what is this? <laughs> so confused. When you say from before, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't into the idea of massage because you weren't into touching people. What about not touching people is your thing? Like why, why, why not touch people? Well, I guess like, um, like I said, I, I thought it was just kind of strange at first. And I was like, I just didn't, it's not that I was against the idea of giving somebody a massage. Right. I guess I just didn't know much about it. I was like, okay, I'll just make somebody fall asleep, I guess. I was like, cause like I said, I didn't know anything about massage. And, and then when I started, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I made this person feel good or whatever. And, and it keeps me active too. That was the the one thing that I really did. It kind of got me to where I wanted to actively like pay attention and pursue it. And I was like, actually enjoying it was I stayed active and I wasn't sitting down at a desk all day. Mm, yeah. Um, and then I think part of the thing was because like we I had another uh, male therapist or another student and it was a, a male and they kept pairing us up together in the uh, class. And I was like, I've never gave another guy a massage before. I was like, what is this? I was like, we're we're down south. I was like, we're all conservative and stuff. And I was like, OK, I guess this is what we're doing. And kind of find out, you know, we're like best friends now. We talk all the time and mm. we did all of our, our trades together during school and studied together. And sometimes I would tell my wife, I'm like, all right, go away. You know, <laughs> me, me and Landon are going to go work. See, see, he didn't want to study with his it's, wife. You were right. Because <laughs> it, 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 it's a, it is a weird go when you're not in it and you haven't been exposed to it very much. The whole thing is really just fucking strange. Mm-hmm. Someone you don't know is going to call you up and say, I want to take my clothes off. I'm going to lie down. I want you to get some greasy shit out and I want you to, I want you to touch me. Like that's when you, when you look at it, that's what it is. Right. And so if you're not exposed to it, the whole thing just seems fucking weird. So yeah. I totally get it. Why someone's like, I don't, I don't want to do this. This sounds strange. Yeah. And then you get in it. And like, for example, we were out when we got Friday, our, our partners from the Canadian massage conference, we all got together. They came down to our office and we did a whole bunch of work and then we went out to dinner and then after dinner we went out to drinks and then while we're out to drinks one of the cats that bartends he's in massage school and so i don't, I don't know how he didn't get fired that night because he spent way, he too, spent much way too much time talking hanging to us. out with us <laughs> talking to us at the bar and it was really interesting to hear him talk about it because he's brand new to it he's yep. never really done it before he was really enthusiastic his about it his wife or girlfriend is she works at a involved. spa. Yeah, she she, yeah, she yeah. does something at a right. high-end spa. She's a spa director. She does like yeah. some in mid-work at a high-end yeah. spa. But I imagine that his exposure to massage therapy wasn't crazy. Yeah. And so when he was talking about all the stuff he's learning, which to us is just like, oh, you know, that's just school. But he's super excited about it. He's like, yeah. And then so-and-so had a swollen ankle. And then I went and looked up how to do lymphatic drainage. I started doing this stuff. And I was like shocked that it was actually working. It was doing stuff. So I thought it was kind of cute. And that's not a word that I use often. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute that he's like, oh, he, he's super into it. But I I totally get where the, the apprehension comes yeah. from. And then when you throw it into the mix of like, there's probably not a lot of dudes in your class just because that's just the nature of the profession. There's just not a lot of dudes in it. Yeah. And then your, your instructor's like, well, you're going to be working with this other guy.
eye. You're like, ooh, this is it just, and it has nothing to do with anything other than it's a little bit of culture shock. It's it's completely cultural. Actually, I was going to say the exact same thing. Devin brought up two really interesting things. One, the strangeness. Uh, is the word I'm going to use of our profession, but it is sort of how we're what socialized we're here in the West, right? Like the, it's not normal to just touch strangers. Like even though we know how healing human touch is and how much people actually need it for their physical and mental well-being, it's not something we're raised to do. We are raised in a culture that's very much like you keep to yourself, you keep your hands to yourself, personal space, blah blah blah, and all all that jazz. It's not normal. In other cultures, it's perfectly normal to like touch and hug and embrace. And in yeah. certain cultures, people just hold hands for the sake of holding hands they touch cheeks for the sake of touching like it's just it's normal like to how them. Uh, russell peters does the whole does the whole there you go there like you go dudes dudes holding in india on to with by, the pinkies by, by pinky, yeah right? and that so that isn't weird to us if we were walking down the street and we just saw a bunch of friends like clasping pinkies we're like what are you doing like it's completely a also, culture shock also being a dude is different and that's what right? i was gonna say and he brought up the fact also that he's in the south southern men and this is, I'm not saying anything negative, positive, whatever. It's just, they again, don't need, it's how they don't you're... Need around, it's how you are <laughs> raised, how you're socialized. Like, southern dudes are dudes. Like, they are manly men. And What do you mean? It I, doesn't, I hunt and fish and I got a pickup? I hunt and fish and I have a pickup, right? Yeah. Like, Devin, do you have a pickup truck? I did. I got rid of, of it. Of course for, you uh, did. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's that's such a southern thing. And it's not, you can't just okay. break these deep-seated... But, traditions and values and everything like overnight but it's it's interesting to hear somebody like Devin who was socialized that way then he goes to school now he's forced to partner up with this other dude who's yeah. probably in the same situation and they realize there's nothing weird about this we're actually doing something very therapeutic and it's very helpful and I see the benefit of it but now he's got to go out and work in an environment and in a, a culture and society that's like excuse me you want me to do what sir dudes also they do Dudes also need a, a dude tribe. I think too many dudes try to be a, a standalone island. And dudes actually really need a brotherhood. Do you know what I mean? Of like-minded dudes that y you get each other. Like, dudes really need that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's generally enough enough open-minded or acceptance of the idea that dudes need a brotherhood. It's it's a really strange thing. I just kind of isn't this like men's mental day. health month too? Well, I I have no idea. I don't I don't really pay much attention to that stuff. Devin, do you have do you have a dude tribe? Uh, yeah, the guy that I, uh, like yeah. I said that was at my massage like class. We talk all the time. That's great. Right. I even told him I was like, I'm gonna be on this podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, do you have a dude tribe, Mark? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got awesome. I've got. Uh, I've got some dudes that are in my tribe. Yeah, I like uh, I like the way like dudes operate too. What do you mean? Like, okay, so I'm just thinking about There's you and your friends, now. the way that you guys operate, where you you probably don't hang out every day. You all you have wives and children and right. busy ass jobs. Like you mm -hmm. guys are all super busy. Mm -hmm. But you can call, like there's a guy that lives just up the street here that you don't see very often. We just saw him the other night, but you don't see him very often at all. I've and known him since I was four years exactly. old. Exactly. But Mark can call him on a random Tuesday morning and see like, say, bro, my car broke down. I need you to come here. And he's like, all right. And he just shows up. Or he can call Mark and say like, I need you to help me lift this thing. And Mark's like, all right. And he just drops stuff and shows up. There's another guy that lives up the street that Mark's been friends with for a long time who's since moving out of province in a few months and he said like hey will you drive my car i mean i'm talking it's like a five-day drive he's like will you drive my car out there mark's like yeah just let me block it off my calendar like these guys 
they don't see each other often. They do understand each other. They they know they can call each other for like, you know, personal things and to talk and they do hang out. It's not like they only call when they need favors. But what I was getting at when I said, I like how dudes work. There's none of you guys that take offense if you don't hear from someone for four months and then they call you and they're like, bro, I need your help. You're just like, all right. You're not like, oh my God, he only calls me when he needs something. I probably wouldn't do it in that voice, even if I said that. I know, but I had to do it in that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dudes operate different for the most part, I think. It's it's definitely a generalization, but just an observation. Mm. Well, it doesn't even matter how old the dudes are. Like, I have a neighbor who uh, I think he's like 67 years old or something like that. I can literally call him like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing over here trying to fix this at my house. Can you come show me what I'm doing? And I I won't talk to him for another two months. Hey, man, can you come show me this? It's like it never even, you know, skipped a beat. So having that having that in massage school is so helpful. Yeah. It's so helpful. I can see that. Like I had probably made three dudes in my class and we were all like pretty tight. Yeah. Because of you her. guys, you also made friends with a lot of the women in your class too. Like uh, you every... didn't have a choice. There was, yeah. I was in a class with 33 people and, and 30 of them were you. women. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they're all nice people. So I would have befriended them anyway, but nonetheless. So you're going through this schooling, Devin, and it's kind of weird, but now you've made a friend. So um, can, can, can I ask you a question about school and becoming licensed in those two states? Sure. Is there is there a licensing exam that you have to do for for any of these two states or is it just like your MBLEX? Like how does this work in those states? So uh, like I said, I took me and my wife did the uh, MBLEX for Alabama uh, or we did. We took the MBLEX, uh, which got us our license in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And that's all you had to do was the MBLEX and then complete your your schooling and then make sure you're CPR certified. Right. And then for Mississippi. It's the same thing, um, except you have to go take the Mississippi law exam. Right. We had to drive uh, to Morton, Mississippi, which was like f- maybe three or four hours from us in the middle of nowhere. Have y'all ever seen the movie Cars? No, no. The Disney movie Cars. I mean, I've seen I've seen bits and pieces because I have kids, I've but I've never sat down and watched Cars. Oh, okay. Well, my wife's like big Disney fan, so I've, I've seen all of <laughs> them. If you ever like look up that movie and you Google like the Radiator Springs thing, like where he's out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. that's basically what this town was where I had to go take my law exam for Mississippi. Oh my mm. goodness. And it was on like a, just a piece of paper with a scantron right. just took the exam and she was like, Hey, this is what you made on it. Um, your license and all that for Mississippi will be in the mail. I'm like, okay. Nice. That's cool. Are you, are, do you live in a, in like a border city and you work and you work in both States or you just figured what the hell Let's just, let's just grab neighboring state as well. Just in case for future. We're probably like 30 minutes from Mississippi from the state line. Right. Uh, it, it was like a no brainer for us. And we're from, we both grew up in Mississippi. Yeah, okay, that makes, makes sense. Only, uh, we only moved to Alabama originally just for my wife's job, so she wouldn't have to commute so far. We just kind of settled down here, and we've been here ever since. Nice. All right, Devin, then I want to get into uh, the clinical practice. So I know from our messages that you know, you've know you worked at some of the chains. You worked in the chain spas, all of that, and then um, you weren't really seeming to love that. Um, a lot of it you, you felt did come back to being a male therapist. So you and your wife decided to go out on your own. So I want to talk a little bit about the spas before we move into. Yeah. So being in one of the chain spas, since we don't like the idea of 
suits and pants and ties and desks. How do you feel about the chain spa uniform? Like, does does that fall into that same category for you? Not at all. No. You, you just wear a pair of black scrubs and a pair of tennis shoes and you're good to go. Okay, cool. Yeah, so when you were working in the chain spas, um, t- walk us through like how you started to notice that the men were not getting it. Like, was it just blatantly obvious? Like the men were not as busy? Was it all of you? Were you the only guy there? Like, talk to me about your experience there. It was... It was blatantly obvious that if you were a male, it's not impossible to get booked. But basically, the way it was explained to me was, this is going to take time. And you should just basically be patient. And because I had one other male, uh, there was one other male therapist uh, when I was working at the first place. And he was there for like, I don't know, like three years. And he was steadily booked but he said it took like over a year for him to get completely like booked or stay booked mm-hmm. i'm like i don't i don't have a year to i'm like you think my mortgage is gonna be like hey we'll <laughs> wait on you <laughs> yeah. um I, I i will let mark speak on this because he is the male therapist in the room i i just had one thing to add in but if, if you're gonna forget you go first i won't forget but does did your your massage school buddy does he feel or did he at any point feel the same type of way about the inability for men to really do well, at least initially? Or is this like something that you're experiencing only? He still feels the, the same way I do. Mm. Um, like both of us, uh, I think both of us are working an average of maybe like 20, 25 hours a week. And we might get like maybe four bookings week i don't know i can't speak specifically for him but i know for me if i'm working 25 hours i might get two or three people for the entire entire week right and i would ask them i'm like okay y'all are you know this this chain franchise you know what are y'all doing to you know market or put my name out there or anything like that well we just hope somebody calls i was like what so I'm going to give my two cents on this. And then, like I said, I'll let Mark jump in because Mark's a male therapist and has been for way too many years and never really seemed to have an issue with bookings. Yeah, yeah, you've been male for a long time. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Um, (laughs) But he didn't, I mean, at least since I've known him, he's never seemed to have issues with bookings. Now, there's a lot of factors that play into this, but I want to start with saying that um, I think Nikki, she's one of the regulars on our podcast. I think she actually explained it best in one of her more recent episodes, just talking about... why people feel more comfortable with women. What did she say? I don't remember. And so there was a whole bunch of things. So let's talk about me as a woman. If I'm going for a treatment now, I actually never have a preference whether I see a male or female. If I call a clinic or spa and they ask, because some do, they'll say, do you have a preference whether you see a male or a female? I don't know if that's still the case, but that used to be. Can I pause Um, right there on that? Yes. Do you think that that is good customer service or completely unnecessary completely unnecessary tell me why you think it's completely unnecessary so well okay it's not good customer i don't want to say it's completely unnecessary and not good customer okay, service but completely it's though. i think that unless somebody specifies this i sometimes felt like presenting the option was asking for an answer and i feel like nine times out of ten people are going to say women and okay. that's what i was getting into so if for me as a woman, I never had a preference. It was like, I would always say, 
whomever's available, whomever's good. Like for me, it it was never a thought. And then when Nikki was here, she brought up something that I don't think I'd ever consciously thought about, but she's 100% right. There's never been a time where I go for a treatment with a man that I ever feel I can relax to the same level as when I go for a treatment with a woman, just for my own comfort. I mean, I'm always going to be hyper aware that I am disrobed on a table and there's a a strange man in the room that I don't know versus if it's a strange woman that I don't know. My safety doesn't feel the same in both scenarios. Is there anything that can happen in that scenario described that would make you feel equally as comfortable with a woman or you're saying that that's just naturally for you an impossibility it's natural i'm naturally going to be more comfortable for a woman but that's where i was also going with this when um devin talked about the spa saying oh we just hope people call or you know we're not doing anything to market you mark and i have spoken about this on other episodes that when it comes to being a male therapist because we already know there's certain barriers that exist like there's a lot of women who aren't going to feel comfortable getting naked with a male in the room well if you are the type of therapist that maybe treats the way that mark did for the last few years of his career you were never getting people under and I shouldn't say never most of the time you were treating over the clothes you were doing a lot of more athletic type work where you had people coming in in shorts and tank tops and you were treating that way that definitely would increase my comfort level as as a woman patient and then if we're talking about men you know Devin pretty much exposed himself in the South. I'm sure there's not a lot of men who are waiting and lining up to get touched by another man so again you're looking at Another barrier. If somebody calls a spa and they're like, I have Devin available and I have Sandra. I'm going with Sandra if I'm a Southern man, right? I'm like, okay, I don't mind the woman touching me while I'm naked. I don't need a dude touching me while I'm naked. There are exceptions. There are some men who believe teeny tiny women hands can't do the job. You know, there are some men who say, no, I want to see a male because I want the strength. Mm -hmm. There are some women who are the same way. They think deep tissue. I can only go to a man. Fine. But those are the exceptions, not the rule. The most people, and like I said, I felt like Nikki was spot on with this. Most people, I think, feel safer and more comfortable and more able to fully relax and let go when they're being treated by a woman who... Just again, it's always going to be sort of in the back of our minds. You picture women to be what? Nurturing and caring and loving. And that's not the way we really envision men. And now when I say this, I feel like I have to say this because Nikki always says it. I am overgeneralizing men and women and not including anybody else. But this is just to make the point that majority of us, just depending on where we grew up and culturally and socioeconomically and whatever, probably feel more comfortable being cared for in this particular way by a woman. Okay. I want to go back to square one then. Who tells you at the spa that it's going to take you a while before you can get booked up, before the clientele will be yours? Who tells you that? Is that management that tells you that? Is that is that the receptionist or office administrator who does the bookings? Who tells you that? I, I got told that by the the manager. I've got told that by the like front desk people that do the take care of the bookings. They're like, yeah, this is just the way it is. You know, it is harder for a male to get booked and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, as a new therapist, you know, and the whole point in working for a you know a place like this is for me to come in and do my work and go home. I'm not supposed to have to, I shouldn't have to help me personally. I feel like I shouldn't have to help you market, you know, that that's your job. That's what you, you're there for is, you know, to 
get people in the door. I agree with that. One hundred percent. That is their job, so, and and that the mentality of that spa or clinic that you exactly. were at, like right off the bat, telling you this is just the way it is, means that they've never actually looked at this and said. How can we move around this obstacle? Because there's a million and one ways that you can. I know so many male therapists, Devin. It's not like they don't exist. And I know male therapists that are successful. And like I said, I'll let Mark talk about this. But one of the things is showing the general public why okay, so, Devin is a therapist so you need to go to. Let's even start from square one then, right? So when that inquiry comes in, like like you said, is it good customer service to say, do you prefer male or female, or does it matter? Is it is it just being is it just being over the top? Because at the end of the day, if someone truly truly had a preference, a preconceived preference, they'll ask for that yep. right at the beginning, yep. right when they make their appointment. Is there a female therapist that I can make my appointment with, or is there a male therapist? And if no one is saying anything from the get go, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't put that out there, especially I would, if I. I would not. Especially if I know I've got male therapists who are probably struggling to to get some people through the door. Well, that's what and I mean. And once that person comes through the door and they get treated and they see like this probably isn't a big deal. I enjoyed the treatment. I felt it was very helpful. I yep. felt it was very therapeutic and I've already built a relationship with this male therapist Then I got no problems rebooking. So yep. then that's just a matter of getting someone on your table and then having them experience what you do. So right from ground zero, I, 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 I don't know if that's a good idea. I'd probably shy away from that, but I, you know. I, I agree with you. So I worked at a clinic that had six female therapists and one male therapist. And the male that was there, I've told this story before, would constantly like complain that he was never booked, but the rest of us were. And the reason I'm saying complain is because I was standing at the front desk more than once when somebody called in and they, they, we had two different uh, front desk people. One front desk person would never ask, do you want to see a male or female? Because the way the appointments were booked, they would call in, okay, which day you're looking for? Okay, Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday, I have Devin available at five o'clock. Does that work for you? Yeah. So you're saying the name. So most time now, granted, I I know there's a female's name, Devin. So like that's a, but it. I would make sure when I mean, and I know this person would too. We would use like pronouns, he and she, and like you would know when you booked your appointment if you were booking with a male or female. I stood there multiple times and heard people booking with this particular male. Therapist. So no one has a problem. Nobody had at a problem least at this booking. Place, booking with the male nobody therapist. had a problem. The problem was they'd come in. They'd see him and then they wouldn't rebook and they'd re rebook with a female. So I tried having this conversation with him. He was not prepared to hear it. I don't know what he's like now, but I tried having the conversation where I'm like, it can't be because you're a man. They knew that before they came here. It's not because, so that's, you know, that's a different story. When it comes to um, this place telling you like, oh, it's just going to take longer for you to get busy. They were already. They already had the mentality that nobody wanted to see you. So were they offering you right away? Were they? Oh, do you want to see a male? Like how? How were those conversations right. going? Right? I don't know. So, at the first place I worked at, they would. I would hear them at the front desk, uh, and they'd be like, "Oh, we have Devin available. Um, you know, such and such time. You know, some there was like two or two or three different front desk girls. Some of them would use my name." Some of them would do, like you said, they'd be like, he's available at such and such time. And some of them would just be like, Devin's available. And you know how many people I had, they would say my name. And I guess they assumed, you know, that I was a female and they would get there and be like, oh, I thought Devin was a female. Mm. Okay. I, that happened a couple of times too. And I'm like, right. okay. I'm like, well, I'm not. 
but um you know if you'd still like to get your service today i'm you know i'm here and i can help you out um the other place i worked at basically told me the same thing um their problem was they never put me on like the website like when you'd go on the website and you could book Mm -hmm. have our names on there and stuff and my name was never put on there none of my background or anything like that because like the way they had it set up is it had their name a little about me and all that and they never put my stuff on there and i asked them and they'll go we're gonna do it and a couple months went by and i'm like you still haven't done it. Well, yeah, that's obviously a problem. Like, what are you doing? So what do you, what do you think then, being that you worked at these two places before we go, like, do you think that people didn't want to didn't want to book with a man? Do you think that the clinics or spas themselves were pushing people towards the female therapist? Like, I mean, I know at this point we might all just be guessing, but what did you feel was happening? I felt like the both places you know, since most people, you know, prefer to book with a female, which like I said, it doesn't bother me. I get it, you know, especially being down here in the South, it's just a thing, but I feel like they didn't care really as long as they were making money. So if, if their way for them to make money was make sure they're booked with a female or whatever, that's all they cared about. They didn't care about if I had, you know, people on my table, they cared about what was going to make them money right then and there right they they just need the appointment to happen they don't give a shit right. who the appointment they didn't, happens they with. didn't care who done it right yeah but i, I when, agree with mark when you say you don't you don't you didn't really care like when someone says like i'd rather have a female like when someone walks in and they're like oh devin i thought it was i thought thought i was gonna have a woman and they then and then they then refuse to have the treatment how does that make you feel well I never, I, I never did have anybody refu- refuse, like okay. blatantly refuse, right. but I did, they'd be a little thrown off mm-hmm. and I would just kind of have to snow it over with them and be like, you know, look, yeah, my name's Devin. I am a guy, you know, but I'm professional. You know, I'd go through the whole spiel, you know, you'll be cut, co- your body's going to be covered up all this and that, you know, my draping's real professional. And then I would even throw in, I'd have to throw in there sometimes, but like, look, I'm married. My wife knows I'm here. Right. Don't freak out, <laughs> you know? just to make maybe make them laugh or something, you know, and most of the time they were fine. Um, I don't think I ever really had anybody once I talked to them and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of reassured them just blatantly to my face, tell me they didn't want to work with me. That fucking sucks that you gotta, you gotta sell yourself a little bit. Does your, does your, does your male gynecologist, not you, but just in general, do they have to sell themselves? No, and that's the thing. It's like, I I shouldn't say that. I can guarantee you, and I know there are a lot of women who would not go to a male GP, right, a right, male right, right. gyno. They're going to go to a female. Now, again, this might work differently in different areas, but I know, for example, I did have a male gynecologist for quite some time, and he, him and I were never alone in a room together because this mm-hmm. is, you know, this is beyond vulnerable and sensitive. Right, right, right. There was was always a female nurse present mm-hmm. anytime that I had an appointment. So that was, you know, in place to make sure that I felt comfortable and safe and whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, I never thought twice about it. I'm like, this is his job. He's the professional. Right, right, right. I need something done. So I'm, I'm going to go. But I can guarantee you there are women who like absolutely refuse to see male doctors, so, period. So when you have that person that didn't recognize that you were going to be a male therapist, you do your talk, you smooth them over, they, they're they at least appearing comfortable now. Do you sense any discomfort when they're on the table or it just feels like business as usual? Most of the time it was business as usual, but of course there was a few where I could tell like they were like real, they were real tense. 
or I'm like, okay, they're pretending to be asleep. Right. Like, bro, I know you're not asleep. You're wide (laughs) awake. And then, uh, really, it'll really confirm my feelings when I hear them. I'm like, all right, you know, have a great day. They walk out, they go to the front desk to like check out or whatever. And they'll ask them, how was the service or anything like that? And they don't say anything. They just finish up and walk out. Mm. I I don't even know if it was like terrible for them. I'd rather you tell me that than not say anything at all. Right, right, right. So eventually you got tired of waiting. Um, I have to say, like, I'm I'm not, I I agree with Mark in that, you know, the spa's attitude and possibly what the, you know, that their job really was to get you busier. Step one. Um, But I will agree that it probably does take a little longer for a male therapist working at a chain spa where there is no a little to no opportunity to differentiate yourself. I think the most successful male male therapists that I know all have some sort of niche or target audience. Sorry, you're American niche um, that that they are they are intentionally speaking to right Mm -hmm. so the most successful male therapists i know that are really busy it's because they're the guy that does this thing and so everybody that needs this thing goes to see that guy and that's where male therapists can get lost in this struggle is like being in just a very generic type setting where there's a bunch of females that might get picked over them and i'm not saying this is always the case but that that's probably one issue and if this if these clinics or spas weren't trying to market you specifically because they obviously had the attitude that like oh male therapist it takes a while and i get why they say that because it's exactly as mark said once somebody's on your table and they build a relationship with you most likely they're going to stay with you right so you can see how over a year or two yeah you'd get busy because your regulars will stay with you do you have any of your own your own social platform internet presence that's you and and has nothing to do with the places that you work at as if you had your own business do you have your own stuff yes so um my wife had already started it kind of doing like a mobile massage thing right um and i you know got into it uh, started getting into it with her after i realized uh you know hey this ain't working out you know work for somebody else let's dive in and see what happens if i just go full-time alone. So that's what we've been doing. Um, we've got our Facebook page set up. Um, I haven't got a TikTok set up, but I'm in the process of doing that. I suck at TikTok. I don't ever know what I'm doing on there. And then I get distracted. <laughs> so have you, have you had, have you had a lot more success than now that you're, you're working for yourself and you're not in, in these spas anymore, or are you seeing kind of the same, the, the same scenario playing out? I would say I've had, more opportunity um for myself most definitely um and that's just using simple stuff like even like chat gpt i just use chat gpt to make like all our facebook posts and advertisements right and i'll be like hey chat gpt write this out for me i want to you know promote massage for such such and such day and it literally spits it out and i'll just put it out and i'll get you know feedback you know right away versus i'm like at the spa and I'm like, y'all aren't doing nothing, bro. Right. There's all this stuff out here you could be using and you're not. Let's, uh, because I mean, as Devin said, he's now seeing a little more opportunity now that mm-hmm. he's gone out on his own because he can actually do his own marketing. And yeah, you're going to have to learn TikTok. We were told today by uh, a young therapist in Florida that TikTok is the best social media platform. I don't understand it either because I'm old, <laughs> but apparently TikTok is the best way to go. Um, now that he's 
on his own. Let's see if we can think of some actual usable strategies or advice that we could give male therapists. And in particular, I'm thinking male therapists in the States because things are different there than it is here. I mean, I shouldn't say that because I'm in a a major metropolitan city. I'm sure somewhere in rural Ontario feels a lot like Alabama. But yeah, Wawa. Yeah, exactly. And the only one massage there and the one massage therapist there is male. So yeah, you got no okay. choice. You don't have choice. Um, let's talk. I mean, I want to start off by saying um, what you, what Mark what Mark was getting at there with like having your own social platforms. The thing is, Devin, this is a weird thing. Like you said at the beginning, you're touching people. You're touching naked people. You're touching naked people you don't know. Mm-hmm. So those naked people need to feel like they know you a little bit. Right. They need to understand this experience and who Devin is and what Devin does and how Devin can help me, right? So I think that um, it's great that you and your wife have this business Facebook page, but I think it's also great if there's some way to highlight the differences between you guys. Because if you're one and the same, you're one business, and now I've got a choice. Me, I'm a woman. I'm a woman in Alabama, and I'm coming to your business page to make an appointment, and you're mobile, so you're coming into my house. I'm probably going to say, oh, there's these two therapists here. Yeah, I'm going with the girl. Right. So... I, I don't know. That's just my initial thought is we need to look at ways that Devin can show the world who mm-hmm. he is and why they would want to see him, like show the experience of having you as their massage therapist. What are you thinking right now, Devin? Um, I mean, like I said, you got a point um, for sure. A lot of people uh, for the longest time, even though like my wife would uh, make like a post or whatever and put my name out there and stuff people would still be like, Oh, well, we want to book with, we want to book with Miranda. And I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. You know, it is what it is. Um, I, so I was like, how do I, like, how do I fix this for myself? Okay. I get it. So let's, let's do this. Is there, is there, is there a niche niche? Is there a niche <laughs> or niche that you got going on? Is there a population you serve or a problem that you solve that you enjoy doing that you feel like this is my specialty? Is there something like that that exists for you right now? And if there isn't now, that's fine. But I'm curious if there is. I would say no, not right now. Um, I guess being still so new to the to the industry, like I said, I've only been in like pretty much a year. Okay, so let's start here then. The people that you have been seeing in their home or people that you have been seeing at the spa, has there been any kind of common, common type of condition or treatment or something that you've been seeing excessively? So for example, is it a bunch of, you know, athletes that are just as an example, right. Mm. That you've been seeing at the spa, or is there a bunch of injuries that are coming in with like, you know, lower back work-related injuries or headaches from office work. Like, do you know what I mean? So since yeah. you haven't maybe zoned in on on a population to serve that you think you can service really, really well, has there been collectively a, a demographic that ha- that you've seen more so than others? Um, I would say uh, even when I worked at the spa, the people that I did see uh, and the people that I've seen on my own, more, were more like uh, the ones that enjoyed me were like blue collar people. So people that work like, you know, plumbing jobs, whatever. Yeah, cool. outside the type dudes. Jobs. It's the cool. dudes. Cool. This is good. And you enjoy doing that work. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
you know, because they're they're more of like, hey, I'm hurting today, you know. Can you help me? See, now we've got we've got we've got a ton of shit to build on right here. You've already identified these are the people you like working with. This is the type of work you like to they do. They like seeing you. And 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 these people have seen you before. So, we've got something to start with. So, one of the things that I would consider doing is instead of doing combined advertising you and your wife or combined mm-hmm. posts with your both of your names on it, I would separate them. Right. You guys have the it's the same parent mobile company, but you're two different therapists. So let's separate them. Right. Okay. You you target the, the the blue collar dude. Right. If that's what, what we're saying, just as an example. Right. And she targets somebody else. So the the marketing message is going to be really, really different. Yeah. Right. If you guys put out a generic marketing message then you're not really going to attract the type of people that you probably want, or at least this group that we're using as an example. And then you just kind of leave it out in the open for most people to choose female versus male. Yeah. So if we start to separate the marketing message, and then that marketing message is coming from you to target this group, then you're repelling anybody else that would want a female therapist, which is good because you're not one. So we're repelling that and we're attracting, the messaging is attracting that blue collar worker. So that's the first step, right? Get that message, targeted message that's coming from you, not collectively both of you. I think that's a good place to start i agree you're gonna have to yeah, you're gonna have to have your own tiktok devin yes yeah, so, you know you don't have to have you don't have to have your own tiktok you don't have to have your own instagram facebook or your page, own facebook yeah. but when you're putting out marketing and advertising you're putting it out right yep. and that's coming from you there's got to be there's got to be some separation yeah. some differentiation between the two of you as therapists there's got to be the voice of devin yes and the voice of miranda Right. Because so people like when people talk to Mark and I, it actually is really funny. We've been running Con Ed together for over a decade. And so we have one email address. Right. And people email Con Ed. I mean, even you, Devin, when you reached out, you reached out through our Facebook page. That message comes to both of us. It's who you talk to depends on which one of us sees the messaging first. So we have very different ways that we interact with people and people that have been around long enough and have taken multiple courses or have been listening to the podcast always know when they're talking to Amanda versus when they're talking to Mark. And I think that if you can create that separation, like Mark said, just as the example, you know, you're the you're the dude that treats the blue collar dudes. You speak their language. You know how to talk to them. You know what they're looking for. So all of your your marketing efforts are going to be speaking their language. You know, you're talking specifically about injuries that they have to deal with, repetitive stress that they deal with. Um, You know, maybe you work hours that make sense for these trades guys versus, you know, maybe your wife is working with, um, I don't know, teachers and desk workers. I'm just, again, coming up with some examples. Then when she puts out her marketing, that's who she's talking to. Right. And she's making sure to speak their language, talk about things that make sense for them, the types of injuries or, you know, headaches or stress or whatever that they deal with. That way, when people are seeing this, like Mark said, you're going to get the attention of the people that you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And the ones that want the female therapist that treats stress headaches well, they're not even listening to you, but they'll find Miranda. And that's and, that's cool. And we don't want them to listen to you. Exactly. We don't want them to listen to you. We want them to go to her. Why, why didn't I think about that earlier? You would have if, 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 if we didn't say it now. I'm pretty sure you would have. So get, letting someone get to know you on your social platforms, that's going to be gold, right? Because yeah. again, there's, there's going to be someone that has better technical skill right next door. 
But why do your clients still come to you over and over and over when someone can treat this condition maybe better, right? Well, they come because they like you. That's a big part of it, right? Yeah. So now we also have to find a way to display you and what you're about. In other words, you you really want to develop a brand, Mm -hmm. right? You want to develop a brand that is you under this umbrella of this mobile business. And so a lot of your... A lot of your social platform work then is going to be really establishing what your brand is. Yeah, can I give can I give the you, collective? Can I brand. give an example sure. just so he understands? So there's two different men that I follow on my social platforms, uh, both that have are in the wellness industry. Okay. Uh, one of them, I believe, is a chiropractor, and one is um, a, a medical doctor, actually, and. I always know whose stuff I'm looking at before I even look at the name. So one of them, he's very casual, very laid back. He records a lot of videos of like him in his car with the top down and his dog or he's out, you know, in a park playing with his dog. Like he's got this brand of like, you know, the super laid back doctor that, you know, gives you really good health advice and likes dogs. Right. Right. The other guy shows up and he's very um, authoritative in the way he speaks. He speaks in facts. Right. This like you know he 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 wrote a book and it's about um obesity and you know the the whole point of his platform is that this is actually not as complicated as people make it you know he's trying to tear down the whole weight loss industry okay. right like it's not complicated fundamentals you eat a lot you don't move bam you got a problem right, right, right. so that kind of thing but the way his messaging comes across is it's very like very blunt. blunt to the point very authoritative and he always wears a suit Cool. That's his brand. He's the guy in the suit that tells you, eat this, not that, do this, get lean. Whereas the other guy is very like laid back and here I am cool. with my dog. So That's gonna, branding. I'm going to pause you for a second. So do you see how that messaging in displaying that that person, that brand really targets the audience and it repels certain people? So I will hear the guy in the suit being very blunt and I'll be like, I never want to step into his fucking office because that's not someone that I care to be around, right? Versus the dude and the dog and the convertible. I'm like, that's more my people. I'm I'm automatically, if I have the choice between these two people that have the exact same credentials, if they do, but I'll just use that as an example, they have the exact same credentials and I need to go to one of these two people, I'm going to go with the person that I feel like I identify with yes. more. But I wouldn't know who I identify with more unless they've displayed it to me, Yeah. right? So there's always going to, everyone has a tribe. Everyone does. You'll always have people that are into you and what you do. So your marketing game now turns into how can I display the brand to the people that I'm trying to attract? That's a whole different mindset than I'm going to put out a whole bunch of stuff about massage and generic things about massage and let people know that I do massage and I'm Look a therapist. Look at this stretch that I'm going to teach you today. Look, I'm going to teach you how to roll this. It, it's generic. So, it gets lost. So what you're also doing when you're doing this is you're you're kind of establishing what the expectations are going to be when someone's working with you, right? And we want to be true to the expectation. We never want to create an expectation and we can't deliver on it because that's not something that, that we do. Does that make sense? I'll give you a really good example of this. And maybe I've said it before on the podcast. I say it a lot in the business course that I have. I have a friend, we have a friend who who has a clinic, um, probably about 
you know, 45 minutes away from here. He lives in another city, but 45 minutes away from here. And uh, it's a successful uh, massage clinic. It's actually a multidisciplinary clinic that he runs, but he's a massage therapist. And he got into massage therapy for a really touching, kind of heartwarming story about his father and illness and all the rest of it. And that's how he decided he wanted to become a massage therapist. There was a local media outlet that had internet presence and they also had press they also had uh, print media and they wanted to do a whole story on him because it's an interesting story about how he got into massage and his wife is like this is great it'll help promote the clinic he's very much like a sport therapist right he goes to work in like He's got runners on. He's got like a like a like a full on like track suit. He's he's scruffy. He's like scruffy. he's not clean he shaven. Probably, he probably wears a hat, like a cat, a ball cap and stuff when he treats because that's what he does, right? And his wife says to him, "Listen, this is going to be great advertising opportunity. We're not even going to have to pay for it, and it's going to go out to a lot of people. Do me a favor, cut your hair, shave, put on your Sunday best, and go talk nice, cool." And he did that, and I watched the video. And it's a great video. This is the biggest problem. He had clients that he currently sees see that video. And they're like, who is that guy? That's not you. Like, they know it's him. But they're, they're you know, they're like, who is that? That's the guy I know wears a T-shirt, uh, a tracksuit, and, and a ball cap and runners and talks a little, like, more like a real person. I don't know who this fucking robot is in, in this Sunday best, right? And can you imagine now if someone who didn't have any exposure to him sees this and says, that's the type of therapist I want to see. That messaging hits me. I want to go there. And they show up and they're waiting in the waiting room and out comes this guy with a beard and a ball cap and runners and they're expecting Sunday best clean suit. cut. Yeah. Now we've lost that person because they're confused. Like you you created an expectation in your marketing and you're not delivering on it. And then we also create some weird vibe with the current people that we have. It's like, well, which who are you? Which person is this? So what I'm kind of getting at is there's a way that you can be really genuine in who you are uncompromising in who you are, still professional, like professional is a whole other word that we can talk about whenever, but uncompromising in who you are. And the bottom line is there's always going to be a group of people that will like you and yeah. what you do. It's just a matter of can you display you and what you do and can you target that message to those people? And that's where I think you can make a big difference. 100%. And then once you start to see that, that's when things start to change. So for this is, this is where your socials really allow you to do that. Because word of mouth is great, but word of mouth doesn't always do that, right? You can't stick your hand up someone's ass and make them say what you want them to say about you. But you can go on a social platform and say exactly what you want to say about you and have that go out to a group of people. And the people that like it, they will come back. And once they start to come back and see, that's when you start to build trust. Right? Conversions don't happen right away. Trust has to happen. The same way when someone walks through your door and they've never seen you before, they get a treatment from you. Now they trust you a little bit more, right? And that's when the trust starts to bring the loyalty. Now I'll come back because I trust you. You did a good job for me. You did what you, you gave me something. I got something out of it. Now I'm a little bit more loyal. And now and you gave is, me what I expected. Exactly. You delivered on the expectation. Yeah. So your social platforms, I think for you can be something really, really big and it can be a really good game changer. But here's the but. Your job 
highly now is connected to you and your social platforms. So you thought you were a therapist before and you're an entrepreneur with this, with this, with this mobile business. Well, now you're also your own fucking hardcore marketer. And that is something that is just kind of endless, at least at the beginning until, until you can, until, until the, the brand is really recognizable. So yeah. one of the major business goals here is to make your brand really recognizable. And that just involves a, a little bit of work in terms of posting, creating interesting content, creating content for, if we're using the example of the blue collar worker, that's going to attract that blue collar Stuff worker. Stuff that's interesting blah, to them, blah, blah, provides blah, blah, blah. value for them. Yeah. I just want to touch on the word of mouth thing before um, we get off of this. Um, you know, when Mark was talking about you can't make people say things, that's absolutely true. But Devin, once you do have a strong branding that's recognizable and people start to realize, oh, Devin is the guy to do that, you start to see so many referrals from word of mouth because like I said earlier, you become known as the guy that does this. Right. So when this guy that, you know, maybe he's a plumber, when he's maybe hanging out with his buddies uh, and a couple of them are plumbers and electricians and he's like, the and one of them's beer. one of them's complaining, "Oh, my fingers are numb." And, "Oh, oh, you got to go see my guy, Devin. Like he knows how to fix that." Then you become that guy. Right. Right. That's when it starts to it starts to grow really, really well. So, listening to all this, Devin, are there ideas flowing through your head right now? Are you thinking of things that you can do to sort of like, you know, keep you and and your wife under the same umbrella but separate the messaging a little bit? I've got a I've got a lot of ideas. Um I was thinking, you know, maybe like you said, the blue collar worker thing, because um, there's a lot of blue collar around here. Um, that's, I would say, a good chunk of the people that live around here. And then I was also thinking of maybe a, a population that doesn't really get talked about a lot is the people that have uh, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. So there's like 17 million people in the world that are diagnosed with this. And right here in the community that I'm in, they have the uh, United Cerebral Palsy like chapter. So they, oh Jesus, they have a whole like section of people that they're servicing all throughout Mobile. These need to be your people because you don't even have to try to speak they your language. Your you can speak their language. They are your people, right? How do I get to these people? Well, the thing is, you. I mean, you said they have this chapter there. You need to get in involved, right? I mean, even if that means offering some volunteer hours or going there to actually get in front of people. Um, mm. But yeah, those are going to be your people because mm-hmm. you can make them feel incredibly comfortable because you know exactly what they're dealing with having the cerebral palsy diagnosis, right? It's right. it's something that you guys have in common. They're going to feel a little more comfortable with you because you understand a little bit more mm-hmm. than the average therapist. Like that's a huge, huge golden nugget for you having that in your town. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's right. I actually, it's interesting yeah. that you say that because at the beginning when you mentioned um, that you had a mild form of cerebral palsy, one of my first thoughts was like, maybe you should be working with other people with certain physical uh, limitations. I mean, uh, you had, to, like you said, you had to figure out a way to adapt certain things when you were in massage school because there is a a difference in your abilities with, with your physical ability, right? So you, yeah, I think this could be golden for you. And that becomes like a, it has the potential to become like a whole a whole internet campaign, you know, massage helps hashtag massage helps CP, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have all of these, 
you know, client interviews or client stories that, you know, you've done massage and, and, and they've received some sort of benefit somehow. And then like that goes straight onto your social platforms. Like, I don't know if there, I know in Ontario where we are, like there's, there's the legislation, the law limits what we can do in terms of advertising, in terms of things like using testimonials. But if there's nothing like that where you are. Yeah. I don't know if there is any uh, limitations as far as the advertising goes. So I'll double check before I start doing it. But. Yeah. That's a really kind of cool and easy. That'd be a cool marketing to campaign. create that, yeah. that, 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 that niche, that niche. That well, and that's the thing you can have multiple, um, populations that you serve right so you can do a marketing campaign one month for your cerebral palsy patients you can do another marketing campaign another month for your trades guys you can like you can just do different things but the populations that you most likely want to serve and as we said then you become recognizable you become branded as that guy everybody starts coming to you for that and not only then are you busier but you're also going to be just so much happier going to work because you're working with the people you want to work with right you're not going to be getting you know the the 40 week pregnant woman that you're like i don't want to so when you're (laughs) when you're doing these 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 marketing campaigns let's think less about trying to convert someone into a client or a customer. Let's start it off with all I'm trying to do is give value to this community of people or this target audience. It's all you want to do, right? Because once you start to create content that draws interest from that target audience and it's not a sell, then that also helps with someone trusting you, right? It's really hard to trust someone if they're going to give me information, but then they're trying to sell me on the end, yeah. right? It's it's easy to trust someone when they're just constantly giving me things of value that help me in my life somehow. Because I will always come back to that over and over and over and over again, right? Because we all know when we're getting sold something, and it's not a good feeling to know that I'm getting sold something because that takes away the potential genuine nature of the overall message. So if we keep the message very genuine and the goal of the, the genuine message is to create value for that target audience or that community, then we've won the day. Yep. We've won the day on that. And, and that's a better way to spend a year trying to build up a client base Mm -hmm. than just, oh, well, I hope I see someone and I hope that they like my treatment and blah, 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 blah. I'd rather you spend six months building a social presence that says, I'm the CP guy, that says, I'm the blue collar guy. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then and, and then dropping value to those communities. And then, you know, that's where that's where the magic starts to happen. I agree. And when it comes down to I said I was gonna circle back to professional. Mm. I don't even know what professional means. To me, professional means you show up to your job and you service the clients the way they should be serviced. That's what it means to be professional in yeah. my mind, right? Wear whatever you want, look how you want, talk how you want. As a matter of fact, that's sometimes appealing, right? The blue collar guy is probably really happy to hear their healthcare professional talk like how I talk, talk like how we do when we're out having fucking wings and, and a beer after after a day of fucking laying pipe and shit. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. When, when you hear that person, you know, it's like that, that's me. I can, I'm comfortable with that, right? We're creating the scenario for it, somebody it really to be comfortable. Does, it really does create comfort. I mean, people can smell 
bullshit, right? Like we always preach authenticity and being genuine and just being yourself. You're going to find people that really, really like you. And then you don't have to keep up this other persona either, right? You're just who you are. There's no such thing as a single, there's no single definition for professional. Obviously things are unprofessional. Like if you are not showing up. Don't fuck your clients. (laughs) Don't be freaking weird. But otherwise, like if you can just be you, then you attract people that like you for you and are going to stay with you. And then they feel closer to you and more, more loyal to you because they realize you are being authentic. Right. So yeah, the whole professionalism thing, I know that you had started out saying, Oh, I'm really professional and that's great. But I mean, really think about what you mean when you say I'm really professional, you know, you don't have to, have this, you know, phony kind of persona and, you know, just to... And if that's what you do and that's what you like, then that's that's cool. For me, if it's that, if that's a struggle for you, then that's not you. Do you know what I mean? And who wants to fucking show up in every fucking day wearing, wearing the fucking costume and, and playing the part, reading someone else's lines? Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. becomes, it becomes difficult for you to do. It becomes tiring really fast. And to be honest with you, I'm a firm believer and that's where burnout happens. Burnout doesn't happen from you giving 10 massages no. in, in, in a day. Burnout comes from the psychological and mental burnout of I constantly pretending to do this thing in order to please this fucking person. And at some point it gets to be like, I don't want to fucking act like this and I don't care to act like this. And this is the only way that I can please you. Then fuck it all. And then you go all postal. I love the amount of F bombs that were just dropped. in our Professionalism. talk. (laughs) And you know what? That talk will, 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 will push some people away, but guess what? That talk will also do at the same time. Will attract a whole bunch of other people that say, this cat, that's me. That's how I speak. That's what, that's I, that's the environment that I like to be in. I like to have those conversations where every second word is a fuck. Do you know what I mean? And it's meant to repel people. My mother would never want to come see me or listen to this podcast, but there's a whole bunch of other people around the world that are very happy that it's like these cats are just talking and being how they are. And we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I wish they would have kind of taught that in massage school instead of putting on this fake persona thing like oh you got to be you know super nice and all this and that i'm not saying you need to be rude to your clients but just be yourself exactly. and i feel like that's what they've pushed was you know when you you get this job at whatever place you know make sure you're super nice and make sure you know you're real calm and all this and that and i'm like think about everywhere where you've gone for some sort of service you go back because you liked the service and you liked the person delivering the service for the most part, right? Like we used to live in an area of town where it's just, it's riddled with, it's, it's, it's an entertainment district. So it was, it's riddled with bars, bars and, and restaurants, restaurants and, and comedy all, clubs and, and the whole bit. entertainment venues everywhere. And, and, and back in our drinking heyday, we would walk by five or six different bars. Like if we, uh, when we're going out on a Friday night in our drinking heyday, we went out for a couple reasons. One, to drink with each other. Two, to talk shit with With each each other. other. (laughs) And three, maybe get something to eat after drinking a lot and talking shit. In other words, this is all stuff that we could have done at home. 
This is all the same stuff that we can do in the bar across the street or the one next door to that or the one. Why did we walk by five or six bars and go to the same place every fucking Friday and blow half of my paycheck? Why? Because we really loved the service that we got, but we also really loved the people that were providing us with the service. Their service was, we're going to bring you some food. Their service was, we're going to pour you a drink. Guess what? Every other bar would have poured us a drink and gotten us food that we ordered. But every other bar wouldn't have reserved our same bar stools every Friday night. Every other bar might not have taken the time to get to know our names and what our favorite drinks were. Every other bar wouldn't have welcomed us with a, hey, the minute we walked in on Friday night. And on top of that, we did the same for the service people. We took the time to know who they are. Because they were interesting and they were engaging and they were, it's like, these are our people. So it didn't feel so much like I'm going out and, and, and I'm going to this establishment. And it was like, we're going to go out and we're going to hang out with people that we know, people that we like. They happen to work there. They're the ones that happen to pour my drinks. Cool. I'd rather go spend my time and money there than anywhere else where I can get the exact same stuff because I'm with this group of people that I truly, truly feel I'm connecting with. Yeah. And it's the same. You go to you go to get your haircut probably from the same person over and over and over again. And there's a better barber or hairstylist or wherever you go, two chairs down. But you still yeah. keep going to Sam and Sam keeps fucking up your fade. You know what I mean? But you still keep going to Sam because I like fucking Sam. I like hanging out with Sam. I like sitting in his chair. He's not the greatest at giving me a haircut, but boy, is it a fucking fun experience. And I don't mind paying Sam for that. Speaking of haircuts, like when I think about it, I'll... Now I think about it. Every time I tell my wife I'm going to get my haircut, she knows I'm going to be gone for at least three hours because I don't have a lot of hair. You see, it's <laughs> I got like a comer going on. Okay, but what happens is my barber he starts talking while he's cutting, and next thing you know, it's been ten minutes. I'm like, he ain't even cutting my hair right now. We've just been talking this whole time. Yep. And he'll start cutting again. That barber has you for the life of his career. Yep. That yeah. barber is going to be your barber for the rest of his career. He doesn't have to worry that Devin's going somewhere else. And you know what? That barber wasn't being strategic. That barber wasn't, I'm going to put on this persona and He talk was just to, being himself. Just being himself. And you clicked. You clicked with the barber. This And this works for every therapist, male, female, whatever you identify with. But this is something because dudes in general have the potential to to have a harder time. This is something that I feel like dudes just need to pay more attention to. And like Amanda was saying earlier, the dudes that we know that are successful as therapists, they've done this. Mm-hmm. Whether they've done it consciously or unconsciously or whatever the case is, but if you if you look back into the script, if you go back into their track record, at some point along the way, they've done these types of things to create that brand that they now have that is identifiable with their clientele and identifiable with mirrored or like clientele. And therefore, it's easier for them to have people step into their space and, and enjoy the experience. Yeah. yeah. Devin looks like he's thinking now. Where, where were y'all when I was in massage school? Listen, uh, probably here. I, listen, been in class with you. I mean, we were right here. But listen, I will tell you, in defense of your massage school, they do what it's, they're it's, supposed it's to. not their job. It is their job to teach you how to be a good massage therapist. Technically, they did that, right? They taught you right. how to be a massage therapist. When it comes to the business side, um, 
yeah, that's a whole other ball game. And I mean, it, it is the way it's supposed to be. They did their job. But I'm glad you reached out because I think even just watching your eyes shift as we were talking, I think that it's got you thinking a little bit more about how you and your wife need to look at this business you've created together. Like like you said, it's great that she's busy. I mean, that benefits you both. But how much better will it be when you're both like booked months in advance? If I have to, I'll go get a, you know, a little part-time job or whatever in the meantime. But I'd really like to avoid that so I can just do massage full-time. Right. Yeah, no, I get, I get it. Keep taking away from my craft. Yeah. And I mean, when it's when you are building something, like Mark made a good point. It will take time to really get your social media presence like anything, up. Though. Yeah, it's going to take some time. But that time is better spent than sitting at a spa or a clinic with a, I hope somebody calls. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't do that. You can always go and get like a part-time clinic or spa job just to fill some hours in your week. You know, maybe you offer them one or two days a week just to fill some hours, get some appointments Mm -hmm. while you really work on building up your business more and more and more and more. And eventually get to a point where your business is so busy, you don't have time for any part-time work. Right. Devin, do you have any other other questions or anything you want to talk about? Like I said, I'm really happy you sent us this message and that you agreed to actually have this brainstorming session on an episode because that's fun. Um not no, not really. I don't, like y'all gave me so many so many things cuz I've been sitting here for days and I've already pestered my wife to death like she took a melatonin and was like leave me alone, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> you know, she's been working, so you know, I'm just grateful that y'all even messaged me back. I, to be honest with you, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, they're not going to message me. They're busy. No, man, that's good. I don't know who I am. No, we love we love when people do reach out with real questions. Because the thing is, I know this is so cliche to say because every teacher has ever said it to you, but it's, it's true. If somebody has this question, if you have this question, sorry, other people do too. And, you know, we did one episode talking about... Um, places that only hire female therapists, but we never really had a male therapist on to talk about like just the struggles of being a male therapist. And like I said, I think it might be slightly different depending on where you are. Being that you are, you know, the Southern boy, I think that probably does play a role, honestly, just knowing like culturally how different it is from like major metropolitan cities where people are probably less likely to feel weird about seeing a male therapist. But Anyway, I think with all of this, you can, uh, you know, start building a new plan for yourself. And, you know, I would love to do an update. You know, we can do a follow up episode in a while from now and see how things are going and how your business has changed with all the new branding ideas. And yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. And these are just some ideas to kind of get the wheels, wheels spinning a little bit. You know, that way maybe you can just kind of approach it from a different angle or see it from a spot that you might not have seen it from just yet. And I'm more than confident, you know, we just hurried that process. I'm pretty sure that you would have landed exactly where you are right now with us talking about your whole ideas, you know, on your own. Yeah. We just, all we did was speed that up a little bit. Yeah, man. Right. Those are awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Guess what, guys? I have to go be a massage therapist in 20 minutes. So, uh, sucker. Should we wrap it up then? I, got, I actually got to go massage someone. <laughs> why don't you, um, why don't you uh, give out your social platforms if you want? Right? Yeah. 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 Let Facebook people page, know where they can find you. Web page, all that stuff. All right. So, our Facebook page is at Spa Du Jour LLC. And, uh, my TikTok is D Cantor B Zero. So, 
Sweet. And there's nothing on my TikTok. It's just a bunch of random videos of me doing random things. So if you're wondering where the massage stuff is, it's coming. Nice. Just not right now. That's all right. And, and and some personal mixed in with business, always a good go. Always, always a good go. Because that's when someone really gets to understand you a little bit more, right? It's not yeah. just, oh, this guy is just a massage therapist. No, he's a massage therapist, but he's also into this. He also likes doing this. He's, you know what I mean? Always right. touch as a personal or a good idea. And you're in control as to how much personal goes into that. You yeah, don't have to, you don't to spill your life right. out on the internet. You spill whatever right. you want. You know, it also takes the way the need to justify to people like, oh, no, I'm married or what, you know what I mean? Like they'll they maybe already will have an idea of who you are and they're not going to be like weirded out when they come in and meet you because they've already kind of met you. Yeah. Right. Right on, man. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun. This was cool. Cool. Right on. So thanks for hanging. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.